The following program was pre-recorded. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists and community builders, weeknights at 6 on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones, joined in our virtual studio tonight by community co-host Nick Burns. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Not bad. What's on the show tonight? Oh, I love this notion of virtual studio, and it's what we're doing these days still. But May, and I could use some of this myself, honestly, folks, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is something we've been, I'll say, celebrating, and I'll use that word carefully, for 70 years. Of course, after the dumpster fire of 2020 and COVID, all kinds of social unrest and earthquakes, and of course, not to mention inland hurricanes. Mental health is at the forefront, I think, of many family discussions and many individual discussions these days. So, Laura, on the show, mm-hmm. we're going to take a dive into the work of a couple local nonprofits, mental health wellness practitioners, therapists, talk with folks from Mental Healthy FIT and FIT Fit Film Ideas and Tips. I like How that. cool is that? That's pretty cool. Also on the show, NAMI Utah, and a really cool group that I want to learn more about called Planted healing. Yes. So it's going to be a good hour. We have got uh, quite a few conversations, including artist Lamont Joseph White, who'll be joining us to talk about his exhibit Skiing in Color, which opens this week at Snowbird. Um, You know, I was just thinking about you talking about May as Mental Health Awareness Month, but what did I say when you asked me how I'm doing? I said, not bad. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Instead of doing great, doing well, things are okay, things are looking up. I'm not doing bad. And so yeah. I think that's interesting, the language that we use with ourselves. I hope that comes up in our panel conversation later this hour. Yeah, and I just did the flourish, are you flourishing quiz from the New York Times, and uh, <clears throat> I scored under the national average. Uh-oh. I will let everyone know. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure what to make of that. But yeah, it's going to be great to talk to these folks, and I hope to learn something and maybe we can move from not bad to pretty good. Doing pretty, doing well, doing okay at least, right? All right, yeah. let's do some rallies and resources. And joining us, we have volunteer Natalie Benoit. Hey, Nat, how are you doing? Hey, Laura. You know, I feel maybe not as bad as Nick, but probably pretty <laughs> on par with you in the, in the not bad category. So, you know, you just, you're keeping on, keeping on. Well, rallies and resources, a list of events and resources that uh, we curate as a radioactive team at krcl.org. Click on community affairs. You'll find a lot of these things. In fact, we do our best. If anything we mention on Airnet, we try and make sure it's in the show notes or it's on the rallies and resources page. So what do you got? So starting off, there's a couple of events happening today because May 5th, as designated by the Utah legislature, is Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women, Girls, and LGBT Plus Awareness Day. So there are a few events happening around that today. So starting uh, right now, actually, at 6 p.m., is the MMIW Plus Day of Remembrance um, virtual event, which is online from 6 to 7, and covers a brief history of missing and murdered Indigenous women and that issue in Utah, as well as a a discussion with uh, Representative Angela Romero and some other folks. I just wanted to jump in earlier this week on Monday, we had all of those folks on the show. So you can catch up on that in the radioactive archives too, Natalie. So there's that online event tonight. And then if you're out and about in person anywhere during the day, you can wear red as a visual reminder of uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. And some other events that are coming up this week, tomorrow, there's an online event at 6 PM, more gardening and um, nature related it's with Conservation Garden Park. It's creating water-wise park strips. So park strips, in my opinion, are one of the most neglected pieces of, of land on your property, right? Yeah. Usually it's just like a strip of grass in between the... That's the, the cities. It's not mine. Right? What, what responsibility do I have to take care of this piece of land? But uh, you can learn about how to make it a little bit more water-wise. And then if you are looking for plants to help you do that... This Saturday is the Red Butte Garden Annual Spring Plant Sale and Fundraiser. So if you're in the looking for some plants to populate your park strip, there you go. Find those events and others like them online at the Rallies and Resources page. Just go to Community Affairs, click on Rallies and Resources, and you're there. All right. I've got one more thing, Nick, before we get to some special guests for Mental Health Awareness Month. And that is this call for artists from Thrive 125. It's the program celebrating Utah's 125 years of statehood. Of course, we were established January 1896, formally became a state. And the call for submissions is open right now. It closes on May 14th. 
Artworks may be in any visual medium and in any style. We'll put a link in the show notes, but a minimum of 10 artists will be selected from the applications invited to create work based on their statement of interest, past work samples, or the proposed existing works. All artists will be paid $3,000 in exchange for a high-quality digital image of the artwork and the unrestricted use of the image by DHA. That's Utah Division of Arts and Museums in the promotion and celebration of Thrive 1 and 25 in the Utah arts community. So artists, there is something for you to get in on. Check the show notes as well as rallies and resources for that information. And I just checked out a new exhibit at the community college recently. A friend of mine, John Ramey, um, has this great exhibit going on. The community college, Nick Burns, where you work, is still supporting art in our community. We are trying. It's been a struggle during the pandemic. We do have uh, an active art gallery with rotating shows at the South City campus. We, of course, have the President's Art Show after every fall, and we do buy for our collection out of that. We also have a student show every spring, and that maybe is the show you saw. But it's, a, it's fairly vibrant, and I would give a shout out to all the faculty who are doing amazing things to keep arts, performing arts and visual and fine arts alive during the pandemic. And this thrive125.utah.gov, they've got $20,000. So if they're gonna pay $3,000 for a high quality digital image, they're talking about six or seven images here. That's pretty cool. And Laura, we should remind folks it's 18 and over for that to uh, qualify for the money. And I'm not quite sure why that is, but it does say, quote, this project is for artists 18 and older. But again, we'll put that in the show notes. So pretty cool. Thank you for visiting the college, Laura. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of art, we now have joining us via our virtual studio, Park City artist Lamont Joseph White, whose exhibit Skiing in Color opens this week at Snowbird. In fact, there is a kind of a gallery opening tomorrow afternoon from two to three up at Snowbird. Welcome, Lamont. Thanks for giving us some time. Hey, absolutely. Thanks you so much uh, for having me, actually. Nick, you've been no, reading up on you. skiing in color. You've seen uh, the prints around. I have seen the prints around. And I know you had a similar show, I think, at Kimball Arts Gallery. And I think uh, at the headquarters, Ski Utah headquarters, you've had some of these pieces. But I have to say, as someone who grew up back east myself and used to ski back east, um, skiers of color are not super common. So this particular show, this particular artwork, you're showcasing and featuring something that doesn't get covered a lot artistically. Yeah. Um, and that is, I think, sort of uh, inherently for me, the reason why the work happened, um, just because of the lack of existence from um, being a lover of the mountains and a lover of Park City and a frequent uh, skier or snowboarder nowadays. But um <laughs> You know, uh, I know don't all you skiers out there take it easy on me. I know it's kind of crossing <laughs> over, but um, you know, it's just something that um, just started to, I guess, build up in me uh, because of the lack the lack of the representation of Black and Brown folks as I go through the my own ski town and various other ski towns. It's like yes, there are Black skiers, but um, I just don't think that they are noticed and mm. I don't think they're represented. And uh, I wanted to do something about that as an artist, as a, you know, black snowboarder who lives in a mountain town and happens to be an artist, kind of put all those things together. And I, I wanted to create something that represented something that I thought was very much missing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, the prints and the originals, the ones I've seen, are really quite entertaining. I mean, some of them seem a bit more overtly political, perhaps a huge afro against a white mountain. But you have a lot of really happy young black skiers in your imagery. Uh, I've also seen some of your pieces, you know, pen and ink, black and whites of, of subway riders back east. You also do photography. Uh, you, you've, of course, been covered in local media uh, in this, in the Tribune and whatnot as well. Do you see this as a the ongoing direction, or is this a you know a one-off collection that you think you're working on that you're showing? It's going to be an an ongoing collection okay. for me. I mean, there will be other series, but this will be an ongoing collection, um, primarily because I'm really enjoy 
enjoying it. And I guess also primarily because it seems to be uh, really resonating with a lot of people. Um, oh, good. A, a lot of types of people. I've been getting a lot of appreciation because people feel represented. And uh, that, that's really just hit me right in my heart, to be honest with you. Lamont, you're an artist. I'm sure you'd like to sell some pieces. Absolutely. Well, I am actually a commercial artist. So I've been selling commercially my illustrations. Uh, my wife and I have a print design business where we sell to gift uh, stationery textile manufacturers. We've been doing that for a couple decades, actually. Yeah. Um, so, but I've always sort of kept my hand on the paintbrush and, and, and painted for my own pleasure. And I've done some gallery shows and some stuff, even back in New York and New Jersey. Things I've been selling here, I've been really targeting uh, some of the souvenir market prior to this series. But when I went on this um, down, to, down to Mexico, I spent about 20 months uh, putting together this series. I just, okay. I just put myself on, I put myself into a residency where I could just focus and, um, and see what came out. And it wasn't until about last January where I really started getting on this track. And yes, I've been, I've been selling a, a, a bunch of my prints actually. Um, those have been doing pretty well and I'm getting, and I'm getting um, several commissions that are keeping me busy and some other assignments where I'm, it's similar uh, they're using a similar theme of what I'm doing, but they're putting it on products, uh, clothing. Oh, very uh, good. And different things like that. So you'll start to see some things next year, um, next winter, when some, some brands come out with some things. Uh, um, I won't mention it just yet, but there are a few brands coming out with my work on it, sort of like layering tops. Um, awesome. You know, sort of like layering tops where you'll, it's sort of like, I guess, a wicking top, but it's an yeah. wear top that'll have my art on it. Yeah. Well, in looking at the material that Snowbird has posted for skiing in color, uh, they say White's joyful and colorful work lies in stark contrast to the decades-long issues it strives to address while paying homage to notable black figures such as Rosa Parks and Frederick Douglass through modernized slopeside portraits. So you're putting Rosa Parks and Frederick Douglass on the slopes? I sure am. I sure oh. am. Uh, as well as um, that, that small little capsule legacy series that I did had uh, Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman as well. Those are some of my favorite pieces. Um, uh, just as the series began to be developed, I started to think about some of our heroes who have paved the way um, for even to, you know, you can you can track it to me even living here and skiing on a mountain, which is a which is a luxury, which is a joy, one of my favorite things to do, and so. I give them some credit and I want to bring them along with me um, art artistically. Right. So um, I think they look good with goggles and, yeah. and, and ski wear, you know? Well, so tomorrow, two o'clock up at Snowbird is a gallery opening and mm -hmm. uh, you're going to do a Q and a folks are invited to give us a little hint of what you're going to be talking about. Uh, I'll be talking about whatever they want to talk about. You know, um, you come and, just hit me up with some questions or comments. Um, I'm there for all of it. So, um, you know, it's when I began this collection, I didn't know what the response would be. It was just sort of coming from me, you know? Um, it was just coming from my life, my life experience. And, um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm still interested. I'm still learning uh, what the reactions are. So I look forward to seeing the, what those are tomorrow. I really like the piece that you just call Squad. I think that's my favorite of all the ones I've seen. Thank you. Yeah, that's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of action. Yeah. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so well, much for giving us some time. What's the website where people can catch up with you and and all of the things you talked about as you build out your brand? Sure. Um, you can go to LJW, which stands for Lamont Joseph White, LJWstudio.com. Very good. Yeah. And my Instagram is Lamont Joseph White. Um, so at Lamont Joseph White. Probably LJW Studio will bring you there as well on Instagram. And as we get into skiing next fall and you have some success with this branding and clothes, come back and let's talk about it. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Artist Lamont Joseph White, his collection Skiing in Color, which depicts an array of black and brown skiers and snowboarders in the snow space from high fashion scenes to joyful portraits, opens at Snowbird, 
with a special Q&A with Lamont at 2 p.m. tomorrow. And now I'm really glad to close out our rallies and resources with our next guests. Do stick around, though. We're going to have our panel discussion with Melanie Davis of Planted Healing and also Rob Westman of NAMI, Utah. But uh, Brian Higgins is joining us, as well as Josh Sampson, technical director. They're with Mental Healthy Fit, FIT, as you were saying earlier, film ideas, tips. Welcome, gentlemen. And uh, Brian, tell us about this evolution, because you came to us uh, initially on Radioactive as a storyteller with the B. And then we learned about your Create Real Change, R-E-E-L, to use film as a creative force to address mental health. And now you've evolved into Mental Healthy Fit. Yes, yes, it's wonderful to be back. Uh, we could probably, you know, chart my connection with with radioactive. I think we're probably coming up on six to seven years now, maybe. But, yeah, um, yeah. I started um, in yes. twenty fifteen, so and we found each other pretty soon thereafter with the B. Yeah, yeah um, long old time, but uh, but it's great to be back, you know. And um, and thanks for the the the, the introduction. Yes, uh, Create Real Change is was my original um, nonprofit again creativity and mental health. And it was about creating real change. I thought it does exactly what it says on the tin, basically, but it was difficult for people to understand, you know, the direct connection to mental health. So, so we rebranded two years ago to, to as, a, as a beginning to Mental Health Utah. And again, doing exactly the same thing, uh, you know, just creativity and mental health, helping people spotlight their shadows and get them out and building community. Um, but then the difficulty with that was people, it, it geographicalized it. You know, so it was it was hard because people thought it was just specifically about Utah. So now we just changed to Mental Healthy Fit, which is films, ideas, and tips. And now we are experiencing incredible growth. You know, because people, if people take the time to look at the website, see the logo, hear the name, they know exactly what it does. You know, it's uh, so so when people are contacting us when we're getting uh, outreach, there's already that first step that people are already interested. But with Create Real Change, it was difficult to you know, to get that next step. So Mental Healthy Fit is is a wonderful, succinct brand. Well, it's pretty cool. I think this notion of what you're doing and certainly films, ideas, tips, that's pretty cool. Josh Sampson, bring you in here. Um, people probably don't associate a technical director with mental health care. Uh, and I know that what you all are doing is largely online and there's a bunch of really cool resources and ideas and so on. But to jump into this, Tell me about your side of this, this technical direction side of fit. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, mental healthy fit, we do a lot of different things. Um, obviously with COVID that has been limited. So everything has been pushed online. Um, we actually have a online film festival that's beyond a normal film festival right now that's, that's up. Um, and so, you know, you can navigate through that space and it's a little bit more technical than just a, you know, simple video channel or something along those lines. Um, and so my role generally within the organization is to take the ideas that either Brian comes up with or that we talk about or that somebody in the community really wants to happen. And then I try to help facilitate that through whatever it is. <laughs> Usually that takes the, the form of film because I'm a filmmaker and I've been a teacher of film for a very long time, yes. actually. Yes. <laughs> um, Full disclosure. So, yes, we know each other. Yes, we do know each other. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes it's really just kind of working out the kinks and, and well, helping us figure out. So Josh, tell me about it. Tell me about a challenge, because if you look at the website, there's all kinds of neat tips here. I love, for instance, this notion of sensory focus techniques, and that's pretty easy. That can be a, a what card is that? Yeah, what on, is on a web page. But, but what's something that's given you sort of a challenge in a workout? I mean, uploading or making a movie is one thing, but gosh, I don't want people who are suffering from mental illness issues or concerns to sort of just go down a rabbit hole in their dark basement online. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the Internet can be a horrible thing and it can <laughs> be a wonderful thing. <laughs> it really just depends on which side of the Internet you're going for. Um, I think for me, actually, like the hardest technical thing is logistical and that is finding people to talk about their their struggles so brian and i are both very open and honest about um, our experiences um, and i think that helps other people open up but that's really like one of my main focuses beyond just 
technical aspects is getting as many different people to tell their stories, whether they're somebody who is, you know, diagnosed with a mental illness or somebody who just has mental health struggles. And those are two different things. We've seen some bills in the legislature that came out this past session that actually kind of, uh, you know, dealt with that differentiation. Um, but just finding people who are actually willing to talk because the more people from walks of life who are willing to actually say, Hey, yeah, this is a thing. It affects all of us at some point. That to me is, uh, has been the hardest part. The technical aspects, that's just technology. Uh, that's just button pushing, <laughs> but you raise a good point that, that one of the things that, that the web can do is be very isolating, right? That it's easy to just doom scroll. I know I've been certainly guilty of that, Oh yeah. but Brian, you have a page. Well, the, both of you, Josh and Brian, both, but one thing I want to ask about that's amazing is you have this page full of selfies. People just have submitted their pictures of themselves and it's like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm so-and-so. And there isn't, it isn't like I'm so-and-so and I have this or I have that, or I suffer from this. It's just pictures of people. And I just, yeah. that just made me happy to see that. Yeah, we wanted to do that. That's part of our new program, See It This Way, uh, which is a, a virtual ideas and advocacy festival that it's free. You can, you can jump in the, the website is seeitthisway.org. And it's, it's a, it's a free roam virtual reality museum exhibit of mental health. And you can go in and you can get all the resources that you need that are supported by entertaining stories, you know, that, that people can have a visceral experience and understand what somebody may be experiencing, what, what depression, what anxiety, what PTSD might feel like. And then we like to offer, you know, tips and tricks of how to help people, you know, get to the next stage. And we're not a diagnostic organization by any stretch. Uh, we're really just a, you know, an important step in the puzzle where people can, can find Mental Healthy Fit, watch a film, you know, realize that it is okay to ask for help. And then we provide that extra step, which is, well, where do I get help? So we're, we're pushing through to the, you know, providing resources, you know, such as NAMI or Alliance House or, or these other areas that people can, can directly connect with uh, in the community. And you also, I mean, in addition to mental health, there also um, are resources, films, et cetera, relating to disabilities, relating to human yep. rights, relating yeah, to LGBTQIA+. I mean, you have a lot going on here. Indeed. Like part of the part of that, that festival, because again, mental health can, can affect many areas of life, you know? So with, it is, you know, we, we look at uh, the ADA compliancy for physical disabilities, but we don't look at ADA compliancy for uh, mental health disabilities aspects. So we want to try to provide the advocacy aspect that people can can tell their story. So we do have the four prongs. You know, we've got mental health, we've got disability, we've got human rights, you know, especially with all of the issues that we've been experiencing in the past year. You know, a lot of anxiety and a lot of other mental health issues have, have come up about that. Um, and then we also have the LGBT side of things. So those are mostly specifically within the film festival uh, aspect. So you can go in and you can watch all these wonderful films and maybe hear a story that resonates with you, maybe hear your exact story. But then afterwards, you can get the education of where can I find help for myself and for my community. And you've also got, there's a page here, you know, slash workshops. So Josh, bring you back in here because I know your work as an educator in film. Are you involved with this documentary workshop? The idea is people can tell their own stories to share with video. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that can take multiple different forms and we've, you know, before we were all relegated to online, we actually did a lot of random community-based things, whether it was an art project and then I did the filming and chopped it together, or we have talked and I've worked with, you know, um, refugee and immigrant students actually doing their own fiction films and documentaries and things of that nature under the banner of Mental Healthy Fit as well. And so, yeah, we're always looking to do more of those types of experiences as well, um, whether it is teaching people how to make the documentary or even just, you know, helping people tell their story by handling the technical aspects while they, you know, talk. How about, so. how about for workshops for allies, if someone has a family member or a loved one suffering from mental illness, what kinds of workshops and opportunities to help those folks who want to get help for friends and family. Yeah, we have a program called Mental Healthy Mentor, which is exactly that. You know, it's again, providing people to have education, you know, how to spot the signs, how to interact with people that may be displaying um, difficulties. 
Uh, and we, we offer that within the workplace, within youth, and then also community. And that's the Mental Healthy Mentor program that we do. So Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Brian. Mental Healthy Mentors. So this isn't just something that you can kind of consume. You can get involved with it in so many different ways. So tell us how someone becomes a Mental Healthy Mentor. Um, well, you bounce on the website and you sign up for a, a class. Uh, again, we're doing all the classes virtually at the moment. Um, we try to do them uh, on a monthly basis, but again, it's on uh, 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 by demand. You know, if we can get ten people per class, and it is, it's a couple of hours workshop, and it provides you with with real world tips of how to spot the signs that somebody may be displaying. Because again, the two hardest questions that people can ask is, "Is I don't know, and I need help." Yeah, you know, the hardest thing is to to really to to put yourself out there. And one of our one of the taglines is, "If someone seems different." find out why. And if you feel different, ask for help. What I really like about this, Nick, this uh, see it this way, first virtual ideas and advocacy museum is it can be self-directed, but then there's resources to go to, Nick. Exactly. And and again, people can check this out, mentalhealthyfit.org. All kinds of links, all kinds of ideas, all kinds of tips. I do know that there's a donate button. So I kind of wonder how your funding works for this. Are you Mostly volunteer organization, or how does that function? Yeah, we are a we are a nonprofit five hundred one c three, so we we get a lot of um, you know foundation support and grants and things like that. But uh, we also have a membership and donation and um, for people that, that want to just help out on a on a monthly basis. And when we're doing the events in person, it, ticket sales and t shirts and and stuff like that. So, um, but again, it's it's all mostly voluntary. The actual production. Yeah, I mean that can be that can be a, a mental health challenge in and of itself. Keeping a nonprofit running. Sure. <laughs> well, it's been five years in the making, and we're we're, oh. we're we're getting there. You know, now we're with the the grants are coming in, the funding's coming in. Oh. you know, people are standing up and paying attention, and and it's uh, we've got good good growth ahead of us. And and Brian and Josh, I will point out to listeners, we do see you both smiling during this conversation. So. I know it's radio and faces aren't the easiest, but I, it seems like both of you are maintaining a good attitude about keeping this going. But you have a lot going on here. It seems like you have sort of shot for the stars, the moon, both um, trying to put together this organization and all that you offer. How about ways to gauge success? How do you measure how this is working? Changing stigma and mental health, you know, how people are being more inclined to to reach out for help, you know, and it's okay. a great way to to look on Facebook or look on Instagram and see how many people are okay. you know, being honest about their 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 struggles uh, and and how to help, and that's really what what we can do to to change community attitudes. And and I know we've got to let you go. We can't keep talking um, the whole rest of the hour here. But for folks who want to learn more, for folks who want to get involved, or folks who want to find out about help, where should they go? Mentalhealthyfit.org. And uh, we got a song suggested by Josh here. So, Josh, I want you to intro it. Tell us the the artist, the title, and why this is your like maybe on your go to list for mental healthy fit. Well, you know, I was just trying to think of uh, songs that are completely positive, both in you know the chord structures. I can really go nerdy. <laughs> no um, diminished. But also just the messaging, yeah. And all that. Yeah. No yeah, diminished exactly. minor sevens. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Um, and so the first one, you're like, what's something that's uplifting? Like, well, Jackie Wilson's always a good choice, and your love keeps lifting me higher. Why not? Right Excellent. here. Excellent. On KRCL 90.9. When we come back, we're going to be talking with NAMI Utah's Rob Westman and Melanie Davis of Planted Healing, a mental health a mental health practice here in Utah. Don't Support for KRCL comes from the Joan Trumpower Mulholland Foundation, creators of the Civil Rights Veterans Relief Fund to help veterans of the movement with food, medical housing, and utility bills. Details online at jtmfoundation.org. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and all month long, KRCL brings you Mental Health Mondays with tips and resources from local experts. Join us for the month as we help raise awareness about mental health. Find a list of resources at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman and crew. 
followed at 8 by Emily's mixtape, Maximum Distortion at 10.30. Get your rude awakening with Liz at 3 a.m. And start your brand new day, weekdays at 6 with John Florence. You can find our full schedule as well as the radioactive archives online at krcl.org. And you'll also find there some mental health tips because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Nick Burns is here in our virtual studio and it's time for our Nick Burns Report panel discussion. Yeah, we're going to expand the conversation here for Mental Health Month, May. So Rob Westman is joining us. He is the executive director of NAMI Utah. They have their NAMI Walks Your Way. Reminds me of an old song. That's coming up May 22nd. So Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And also joining us, Melanie Davis. She is a therapist, the owner of Planted Healing Mental Health Practice, and also, Melanie Davis is the founding me- member, rather, of the Black Clinicians Practitioner Group. And Melanie, I guess I'll start with you. You're a speaker, educator, t- child advocate. You're a psychotherapist. Um, you're rather creative in your interventions with folks, you know, focusing on play therapy for childhood disorders. Um so what are you finding during this past year in COVID? What's going on with our kids? Wow, it's been quite a year. Oh. <laughs> and um, so, yes, a little bit of everything. I see children and adults um, with plant, through planted healing. And having a variety of interventions really just expands your opportunities to be able to support people. So a piece of what I do um, is play therapy, and that has looked so different as we transition to virtual telehealth this year. Um, So going from having a play space and toys and slime and all the things that you sit with kids and connect in their language um, has become this one-dimensional thing, but we found really fun, creative ways to connect with children virtually. because for the first time we were able to be in their play spaces with them virtually. Um, So lots of art projects, lots of getting to know what all of their special things were versus them coming into our space. And that's been really fun. Um, We also do a lot of adult talk therapy and that kind of thing. Yeah. Before I bring Rob in and, and Brian Higgins is still with us here and I want to bring them in both as well. But what about play therapy and adults? I mean, adults often seems to me play therapy and mental health ends up being alcohol and drugs or sex. But what about play therapy and adults? Hey, Nick, those would be kind of falling into the family of unhealthy or coping. Yeah. Um, But I don't do a lot of play therapy with adults. I do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy. Okay. Environmental support. I also practice nutritional psychology um, and have a resource page called Happy Brain Foods on Instagram. Ooh, give us some Happy Brain Foods, Melanie. <laughs> I need that for my lunch. Right? So we talk all about um, environmental pieces of feeling well. So over on Brian and um, Jess page, or Josh's page, excuse me, that was so amazing. Like I was taking a tour while you were talking about it and I love it. The cheat your way to mental health is right up the alley of nutritional psychology stuff where you're learning how to boost dopamine and serotonin with not only lifestyle things, but the foods that you eat and engage with and how they can help you have optimal mental health. I'm serious. What should I be eating for lunch today, Melanie? Hey, really? So when you're talking about like healthy foods and nutritional psychology foods that boost mood, you're looking at protein, you're looking at healthy carbohydrates that don't quickly come in and give you a boost of energy and then drop you to the ground with nothing left. Um, if you're someone that struggles with anxiety, depression, or focus, you don't want to be eating lots of processed foods, sugars, or food dyes. Um, those are things that can just tank your mental health. Um, so lots of ideas for how to have like real food, because I am like the ultimate foodie. I love food. I love local businesses and restaurants. And so I try to share a lot of ways to like eat real food, but just remove all the stuff that just tanks your mental health. What? No more donuts and coffee. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so Rob, let's bring you in here. Executive director, NAMI, Utah. NAMI walks your way. Is this an outdoor event? Can we get some outdoor therapy here? 
Yeah, I mean, as the as the name implies, um, you can do this any way you want. And really, this came out of the pandemic, which a lot of what we're talking about did. Um, in years past, we had an in-person event, big, lots of people at the park, and we'd all get together and walk and you know, celebrate the lives of those experiencing mental health conditions, maybe people we've lost, et cetera. And we had to shift that. And so NAMI Walks Your Way is really in a safe environment that works for you and your loved ones, do the same thing. Acknowledge that mental health conditions really affect all of us. Let's be honest. I mean, one in five individuals gets a diagnosis the rest of us know that individual, support that individual, are that individual. Um, I mean, so I've I don't think I've never had a conversation where someone didn't have a story about someone close to them experiencing a mental health condition. And so, the the Nami walks your way is really just another way to spread the word that hey, we we are all in this. We we all experience mental health conditions. And boy, if last year didn't. Kind of drive that home, um, then perhaps folks were living somewhere else. Uh, let me ask this something that we've seen in our healthcare system or our illness care system since Obamacare, which again is about 10 years old, has been this incredible shift from treating illness to creating wellness. And I wonder how that applies to your work. How we're actually seem to be seems to me rather yeah. we are talking more about mental wellness yeah. rather than mental illness and that seems a huge shift yeah and i think you know what our other guests talked about melanie just pointed out um you know our environment the foods we eat etc cetera, etc cetera, a lot of it has to do with taking a look at how we are living and brian noted uh you know the internet and josh you know it can be a good place it maybe not so good place um, we have to be careful of all these things and we need some checks and balances to say, okay, what's, what's really working? And that's one of the things that NAMI really wants to do. One of the campaigns is that you're not alone and it takes kind of everyone. It's not just me because if I'm struggling, the last thing I do is ask people for help because I, I don't want it, but I secretly do. And so one of the things hmm. we, we encourage people to do is, especially now, is reach out deliberately to those in your life who you love, who maybe you know might be struggling. Don't wait for them to come to you and say, hey, I need help. Go and say, how are you doing? And even if it's not bad, that's okay. Let's <laughs> let's talk and let's it's, let's see what else is going on. You raise a really good point that it's okay to ask. It doesn't have to be hidden or in the basement, oh, right? It's okay to absolutely. say, you seem troubled. How's it going? Yeah. Um, and I don't want this to be an improper segue, but Brian Higgins, bring you back in here. We were just talking about food and we were talking about wellness. And I notice the yellow paint. I presume you're at home. Tell me yes. about color and mental health for you. That's fascinating. Yeah, well, we do. Uh, uh, part of the See It This Way experience, we we have a bunch of areas that you can implement, you know, to try and help your mental health right now. You know, what can I do right this minute to trick my brain? Because again, in the end, your brain is a tool. You know, if you tell your brain to lift your right arm, it lifts your right arm. It doesn't accidentally lift your left arm. But with the negative thoughts, you know, your brain can tell you how you're miserable and, and you're useless and, and you've got no friends, whatever. When you know that that's a lie, but you believe it, you know, so it, it, it takes a bit of work to to use your brain as a tool to be able to connect it to say, hey, how can I release some serotonin? You know, how can I release some dopamine? You know, how can I do these little tips and tricks to make me feel better? And part of that is color psychology, which I've implemented in my life. And so there's a whole room in the See It This Way experience that, that talks about color psychology, but how colors, you know, help you. And, uh, you know, we, we, we specifically looked at as, as clothing, you know, different colors of clothes to, to help you through the day because you're going to be wearing your clothes all day. So the colors are there. And yellow specifically is very important to me because it, it helps promote serotonin, you know, serotonin production. And that's why the, the little smiley, happy smiley face man is yellow. You know, it was oh, uh, I hadn't thought of that. fascinating, the, the history of that. Um, I, I I can't remember his name, but he was he was in, in, 
uh, he was a designer and employed to 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 make a logo presented happiness and and he made the most simple little form of that the little uh, smiley face guy and and that's why he's yellow because it, it promotes serotonin. Ah, so we have got go. lots of tips and tricks within within see it this way that you can you can do along with the the eating. So my my eating program is called Eat Your Feelings, and it provides you know little tips. You know, like eat apples or eat. Uh, you know, it's it really gives you a, a menu like a shopping list of what you can go and get. So we're we're talking about the actual food because it's difficult when we. You know, some people may not know. We'd say, hey, you need to get your, you know, specific uh, nutrients and things like that. We'd say, hey, just go and get an apple or get a banana or um, things like that. You know, create their little shopping list. Food for, is medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So eat your feelings. Eat your feelings. Speak your mind and make me happy. Those, oh, are, those are our thank three you. Brian, that's lovely. This is Radioactive on your Community Connection 90.9 FM. With us, Brian Higgins, founder, I should say, of Mental Healthy FIT. Also with us, Rob Wesseman, Executive Director, NAMI Utah, and Melanie Davis, counselor and owner of Planted Healing Mental Health. So I want to ask about Black clinicians and your work in that area. But first, take me through Planted Healing and what that is. I opened and went into private practice about four years ago, um, and I recently rebranded as Planted Healing. Um, I do a lot of trauma work and attachment work, and there were so many roots, not only in just with my history and journey um, with attachment work as an adoptee and growing up here in Utah, but with a lot of the work that I do with attachment and trauma and healing. And I really loved the idea of kind of finding ways to bloom where you're planted and finding ways to heal and kind of see ourselves as this ever growing um, opportunity to kind of change, grow and improve our mental health. And uh, so that's that's planted healing. We offer mental health services, um, a lot of resources around environmental change, um, nutrition and plants are a big part of that. Um, and I'm kind of in my personal life, a, a plant mama, in addition to my uh, three children that I'm a mama too. Yeah, I just loved that idea. And I actually have had a really fun venture um, with two other partners that we plan to open May 15th, a large collaborative um, in Sugar House called um, Continuum Mind Body Collaborative, where we are going to house multiple private practices, um, all body and mind focus for the mental health um, community in Salt Lake. So that's been a real big project um, that I've been working on. We'll have five mental health practices. We'll have massage therapy, trauma-informed yoga. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. And is this connected with your Black clinicians practice and association? So it's actually two separate things. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. You are busy. I've been busy. <laughs> I, I mean, I was sitting at home through COVID. I had time. To- oh, <laughs> but black clinicians, I mean, that is, that is, that is something that I think society faces that often people who are black or brown feel there's a stigma or that mental health isn't for them, or they're too busy working, or they don't have the resources or they don't have the health care. But you're specifically working on connecting people who could use some help who are black and brown with therapists who understand, I guess I would say, blackness and brownness in the United States today? Absolutely. There are some specific lived experiences that you have, you know, when you identify as someone um, as black or in the BIPOC community. And, you know, having that safe space in your, with a provider can help that healing process you know, be expedited where you have someone who relates to the lived experiences that you've had. And alongside with the other founders of the Black clinicians, we all had seen a need for this in the community. Um, Our practice, when I opened my personal practice, it was geared towards serving the BIPOC community. Of course, we welcome everyone, but it was uniquely designed for children and families of color to be able to feel safe and comfortable receiving mental health care where it is very stigmatized in especially, you know, black communities and other 
BIPOC communities. If you're particularly speaking of, you know, communities of color and what they're facing, um, I think there's a whole unique thing. We've had a, a pandemic this year with COVID, but we've also had a pandemic when it comes to racism and, um, you know, bringing some huge things to light. And there's just so much trauma there, especially in the Black community. Um, and that's a huge piece of mental health. And so that's something that I cater to in my practice. And the Black clinicians have also gone out and done a lot of education and mental health support and trying to normalize accessing the help that you need. Yeah. But it becomes, I mean, it's a physical issue, too, for the for those communities, right? The heart disease, the smoking, the alcoholism, drug abuse. I mean, it seems to me that the issue, and, and not to mention living in a food desert, if you live in the inner city, it seems to me that, that it's almost insurmountable what all you all must face as mental health practitioners, trying to help individuals and society both at the same time. When we're talking about those social determinants of health. Yeah. And- the, the, the healthcare disparity, access to healthcare, et cetera, right? Sure. That can play a big part. And it's not relevant, of course, to all communities of color. We have really amazing, beautifully thriving um, communities of color in America. I think it's really critical to recognize that. Um, but of course, there also are socio and economic disparities that then, of course, create additional barriers. Um, so you see, you see both. And I think the big piece is to model that it's healthy, um, create accessibility and allow people to feel seen. And that was a huge goal for me and also for um, the Black clinician group. Very good. Brian, real quickly, you know, you're from Ireland and it's not like children growing up in Ireland haven't faced community and cultural issues with oppression and violence. So is you living here now, how's that different for you compared to Ireland? Um, Fair question? Well, yeah, it's uh, that's, you know, in the end, like to pull back the curtain, the reason that Mental Healthy Fit exists is because of my experience with the troubles in Northern Ireland, you know, the, the PTSD, the violence, the conflict. So I will say my upbringing and my childhood, my conflict resolution aspect has prepared me to live in the the America of today, um, <laughs> whereas a lot of people are just experiencing adversity and, and, and difficulty at, at this stage, you know, I, I've it's 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 par for the course. Yeah. For me. Um, but of course, everywhere in the world has has had their their trauma. You know, it's just maybe some places have had them more in the public eye than others, which is good in a sense because. There's people like me that then can be the the canaries in the in the mine, so to speak, to be able to to help people, you know, know that there's 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 a way out, yeah. you know, light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Well, you're not the canary that's dying in the coal mine. Let's make that clear. You're the canary oh, no, I'm, that's I'm getting tweeting, back out I'm, and doing I'm, great. Uh-huh. I'm hey. tweeting away to say this is how yeah, to yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah. Hey, so Rob, it's... Rob Westman, Nami, Utah. I remember when Nami went to the acronym. Um, to change the conversation around stigma. And I'm kind of curious, any thought about changing NAMI from National Alliance of Mental Illness to National Alliance for Mental Wellness? Uh, not at the moment. I'm just, um, I'm just know, uh, taking the... it into that conversation because the community, so much of what you do is dress, right. addressing this as a community. You know, I, the thing I will say about that, though, is we still want to acknowledge that mental illness does exist. I mean, there are very serious mental illnesses that people are afflicted with in this country, and we don't want to, we don't want to shy away from that. And that's part of what I think ends the stigma, is when we can talk about those um, openly and, and acknowledge uh, the prevalence. I think, I think it does us some good. But yeah, absolutely. When we talk about this idea of mental wellness, it really that affects every single person in the country and in the world. And so, you know, it's a little of both. It's we want to promote mental wellness, but we're not going to forget those who, you know, we really want to be the voice for those experiencing very serious mental illness because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times we see those folks living on the streets, et cetera. So good point. 
And, and let's point out to folks that NAMI and NAMI Utah, you do have programs aimed at families and caregivers and at individuals and so on. One more time before we have to let you go, remind us what you've got coming up on the 22nd. Yeah, so we have our NAMI Walks Your Way and basically head to our website, namiut.org, and you can get signed up for that, get a team, you can do some fundraising and you can spread awareness for mental health, mental illness, um, and really, you know, spread the word and let's work to end the stigma. Well, and thank you very much for taking time to chat with us today. Brian Higgins, founder, Mental Healthy FIT Fit. Again, folks can check that out online, mentalhealthyfit.org. What would you leave folks with for the hour today? Um, again, the to uh, answer the questions, you know, if uh, I don't know and I need help, you know, always ask for help because somebody's listening, you know, and and there is, there, it'll help you get to the next the next space. And folks, remember, if, if you're able to help, you can certainly make a donation to mentalhealthyfit.org. Plenty of other organizations, NAMI, also could use help and volunteers. But Brian, thank you for taking time to be with us. Look forward to talking with you again, longtime you. friend of the show. Melanie, Melanie Davis, I'll end with you. You have a lot going on when it comes to play therapy and kids, working with folks of color who are seeking some mental health. I'll leave the last word to you. Um, where should we go next? Oh, I appreciate that. No pressure. Um, <laughs> I would just say um, to piggyback on Brian a bit, please be willing to see and and give life and language to if you're struggling, if you need help, it's okay to have the conversation. It's okay to reach out for support. You have providers in your community who will welcome you and want to create brave spaces where you can have the resources that you need. So we're here Great. And you've got Black Clinicians. I know that there's a Facebook page for folks who are interested in seeking or, or investigating a therapist for personal work. And thank you. I think working with kids can be a challenge. I've certainly known people in my life who do who have worked as professional art therapists and animal therapists and, and so on. But thank you for your work. I think kids these days need folks like you. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. And what is the website for Planted Healing? plantedhealing.com. Well, now we know where you are. Yeah. We hope you'll come back. You, yes. Rob and Brian, thank you so much. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Come thank back. You. Talk again. See you guys. And Nick, that's our show. Do you feel better now after the, the panels and the tools and the resources and the Jackie Wilson? Well, in all honesty, I do feel better, you know, for me and for, for Josh, who is a faculty member at the college and works with me, it is final exams week. It can be a little stressful for faculty and students both, but it's been a tough year. So hearing from these folks, hearing all these resources that are available, yeah, I feel better. And I hope you too, Laura. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, my friend, for volunteering for all these many years on Radioactive here at KRCL. Oh, my pleasure. It's a joy to get to join everyone on Wednesday nights. It's, uh, it's a community enterprise. And, and I'll say, frankly, that KRCL is actually my church. So. Oh, man, that warms my heart, Nick Burns. <laughs> All right. End this for us. Tell us what's next. I'm Laura Jones. I'm Nick Burns. Democracy Now! is next. But hey, we have a few minutes on our hands before then. So how about a little Stevie Wonder? Courtesy of Radioactive and KRCL. <laughs>